You're listening to an audio sermon by Pastor Bernard Milder from Household of Christ. We trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. I want to minister a message this morning, a solid foundation. A solid foundation. As a Christian, we should view everything that we do in the light of God's Word. We're not here to point out faults, but we're here to lay a foundation. It's the Holy Spirit that will convict and convince us. It's the Word of God that brings correction and reproof. But the Bible teaches us there's only one foundation that we can build upon. 1 Corinthians 3 verse 10, Paul says, I'm building as a master builder. Very carefully laying a foundation, and there's only one foundation that can be laid, and that foundation is Jesus Christ Himself. It says, when you've allowed that foundation in your life, Jesus Christ, take heed, be careful how you build. And He gives us instruction. He says, when you build, build with gold, build with silver, build with precious stones, precious things, not with hay and stubble and wood. It's because there'll be a time with what you've been building with will be put to the test. Fire will come and test it. It says in the person's work, his craftsmanship, that which remains is what you will get a reward for. There's only one foundation that we can build upon, and that's Jesus Christ. On what foundation have you been building? There's a lot of shaking going on. The Bible teaches in the book of Samuel that God is the rock of my salvation. The New Testament, Jesus says that when a man builds a house, he should dig deep. And lay that foundation upon the rock. It says, but storms will come, difficulties will come. But if you've laid the foundation upon the rock, you cannot be shaken. So we build upon this rock, the rock of our salvation, the foundation that we lay is Jesus Christ. You need revelation of this. Turn with me in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 16. Jesus is spending time with his disciples, and he asks them a question. He says, what does people say? Who am I? He says, some are saying that you're John the Baptist. Some are saying that you're Elijah. Some are saying you're Jeremiah. Some say you're a prophet. Verse 15, he said to them, but who? Do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. You need a revelation of heaven from heaven. And also I say to you, Peter, on this rock... I will build my church, 
and the gates of Hades, or gates of hell, shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. You must believe God's word. Claim his promises. Gives a promise here. Says to Peter, I'm going to build my church upon this rock. And the gates of hell will not prevail. Well, number one, if you've accepted the Lord Jesus Christ and you've laid this foundation, there's gates that will come against you. But those gates will not prevail. Matter of fact, God gives us, the church, the keys to open and to close. Gives us instruction to open the gates. Sometimes people are working on a project. Maybe it's a contract or a family matter or an assignment. What does it matter? And everything looks like it's going to work out. And right at the end, the gate closes. And it does not happen. Let me see your hand if I'm talking to the right people here this morning. Do you know what's happened? A gate of hell prevailed against you. But God says the gates of hell will not prevail. Turn to the person next to you and say, never give up. Tell them again, say, never give up. So God comes to Peter and he says, on this rock I'm going to build my church, number one, but I've given you the keys to open and to close, to loose and to bind. But let me tell you something. If you go to the book of Revelations, chapter 3, verse 7, the heading says, the faithful church. When you're in a faithful church and you are faithful yourself, God says, when I open a door, nobody will be able to close it. And when I close it, nobody will be able to open it. But he says, I've opened a door for you that nobody will be able to shut. I know you've been weak. I know it's been tough. But you've been faithful to my word. You've kept my word and you've honored my name. So just because you're doing that, I'm going to open doors for you that nobody will be able to shut. It takes time to get there. The good news is Jesus says, even when we are not faithful, he remains faithful. Turn to the person next to you and say, Jesus is faithful. There's one gate that's always open. The book of Psalm 118 verse 19 says, open the gates of righteousness. Because Jesus Christ came to this earth. He's become the gate. He's become the way for us to experience Righteousness. When you accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior, His righteousness becomes your protection. Are you ready to open some gates and close some gates? Jesus gives us the keys. Turn to the person next to you and say, you've got the keys. Sometimes people will get to a gate, and when they get there, they don't know what to do. They want to go ask people, what should I do? 
You know you have to do something, and now you hit a gate. God has given us the keys. Some people have lost their keys. It's time for you to reconnect. Family, listen to me. If you're on the rock and you're building on the rock, there's gates that will come against you, but they will not prevail. God is going to see you through. But if you've been facing that difficulty, that breakthrough that you're trusting for, maybe in your marriage, maybe you're trusting God for a child, it's not happened. Salvation of a loved one, it's not happened. That gate will not prevail. Turn to the person next to you and say, that gate will not prevail. Tell them the gates of hell cannot succeed against the kingdom of God. It's a promise that God gave Peter. It says the gates will not prevail. Use your keys. Turn to the person next to you and say, use your keys. When you have the keys and you get to it and it's locked, you can open it. When there's a gate that you've left open that shouldn't be open, you can close it. You make that decision. Use the keys of heaven. Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Genesis 22, verse 17. Genesis 22 is when God asked Abraham to sacrifice his son, his only son, you know it. And after his obedience, after being faithful, God said to him in verse 17, Blessing, I will bless you. Everybody wants to be a son and a daughter of Father Abraham for the blessings. Blessing, I will bless you and multiply, I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heaven, as the sand which is on the seashore. And I'm adding something. And your descendants shall possess the gate of the enemies. Wow. Said Abraham, because you were faithful, you're going to possess the gates of your enemy. The person that possesses the gate has got the authority to say what will come in and what will go out. Many people come to a gate and they don't know what to do. Then they want to go ask people. God says, here, you possess the gate of your enemies. You decide what will come in and what will go out. The church has got the promise that the gates of hell will not prevail. But sons and daughters of Abraham, that through faith has been justified, been made righteous, by the blood of Jesus, you possess the gates of your enemies. One amen, please. Turn to the person next to you and say, whether you like it or not, and whether you exercise the authority or not, you possess the gate of your enemies. Don't allow the gate of your enemy to be open gate of doubt and fear, gate of unbelief, gate of the fear of the future, gate of bitterness, gate of unbelief, gate of slandering. 
possess that gate and close it. Whatever you are facing that seems impossible, it's just a gate. And that gate will not prevail. Make sure you don't walk through the gate of the enemy. But when you are being built on that foundation, Jesus Christ, do you know what God is busy doing? When you've laid that foundation, you are being built up into a dwelling place for God himself. That's what he is busy with. When he says, I'm busy building my church, preparing my church, oh my word. Galatians 2 verse 20 says, that foundation is the chief cornerstone is Jesus Christ himself that we are busy building upon. Sometimes when you are being built in, it's a little bit uncomfortable. Who have you found that some bricks have got sharp ends? That's why the mortar it between the bricks is the love of God. When the love of God is between a person with a sharp edge and a, when the love of God is there, then you can fit them next to each other. Amen. Go to Ephesians 2 verse 20. I'm reading from the Passion Translation. You are rising like the perfectly fitted stones of the temple. Do you know what's the beautiful thing about this? The temple was built with burnt blocks. I know some of you have been burnt and you say, God, how can you use me? The temple was built with burnt blocks. You're being burned by life, by trials, by challenges. Doesn't mean that God cannot use you. You are rising like the perfectly fitted stones of the temple, and your lives are being built up together upon the ideal foundation laid by the apostles and prophets. And best of all, you are connected to the head cornerstone of the building. Turn to the person next to you and say, Get connected. to the head cornerstone of the building, the anointed one, Jesus Christ himself. This entire building is under construction and is continually growing. Turn to the person next to you and say, I'm under construction. I'm not there yet. Say, I'm under construction. Amen? We're not perfect yet. This entire building is under construction, is continually growing, under his supervision until it rises up, completed as the holy temple of the Lord himself. This means that God is transforming each one of you into the holy of holies. His dwelling place through the power of the Holy Spirit living in you. He's transforming us. Cannot go there, but if you go to 2 Corinthians 3, he says, as we behold into the word, the mirror, we are being transformed from glory to glory by the working of the Holy Spirit. We, you never change on your own. You never grow on your own. That's why we need to be part of the body of Christ. Peter called us living stones. 
living stones. Many people will never rise to their full potential because they never allow themselves to be built into this temple that God is busy preparing. Jesus said, I will build my church. Individually, God is busy working with you, forming you, shaping you, under construction, individually, but corporately as the body, building us in, shaping us. Something that happens in the spirit. You know, this building that you see here, before this building was here, when we prayed on the vacant land, I saw this building in the spirit. Saw the walls of fire going up, the roof. Bible says, I'll be a wall around you, and my name will be glorified within. Family, listen to me. Whatever has been coming against you, Jesus said, it will not prevail. Turn to the person next to you and say, it will not prevail. Gates that should be open, say, start using it, opening it. Open, close, loose, and bind. In this process that God is busy with us, building us into this temple to be the holy of holies for his presence, God is going to start working with your character. Turn to the person next to you and say, God is busy with my character. Tell them again, say, God is busy with my character. 1 Corinthians 3, if you go there again, it, it, it says that this foundation that we are building upon, we should build with gold, silver, precious stones. Because fire will come and test it. For gold to be gold, it must go through fire. For you to receive your reward, there needs to be a test. No test, no promotion. Do you know what's the problem today that we have in the church? People are training their character instead of allowing their character to be developed or molded. What I mean is we're teaching people to do the right thing here, but the character should be formed here. So we know here what is the right thing to do and to say. And we talk a lot of Christianese, but we walk in perceived integrity. We glory in tribulation because tribulation produces perseverance, produces character, produces hope. Why can we go on? Because of the love of God that's poured out in our hearts. There's a need for endurance. Turn to the person next to you and say, don't give up. That gate that's been coming against you, it will not prevail. Ask yourself, what gates have been opposing your walk with God? That gate will not prevail. In your marriage, that gate will not prevail. Whatever promise God has given you, that gate will not prevail. When you realize you have the keys of the kingdom of heaven, 
to loose and to bind. And you start using it. Our battle is not against flesh and blood. Pray for people. The Bible says, take every thought, every argument, every vain imagination captive. And bring it in line with the mind and the will of the Lord Jesus Christ. God is busy working, shaping us, forming us. Gold. You know, the Moses, the holy of holies, when he was building it, he said the only thing that will be allowed in there is pure gold. Gold that could be beaten into the shape that it had to be, but only gold. Turn to the person next to you and say, build with the good stuff. So be careful how you build and where you are being built into. Christ's material is salvation, the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, kindness, long-suffering, self-control. Build with salvation. The psalmist said, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Sometimes it will challenge you. People sometimes say, since I've become a Christian, it's been going difficult. It's a gate coming against you, but it will not prevail. What are you building into your character, your personality? God wants you to be more and more like Him. What He's actually doing is He's busy shaping His Son on the inside of you. Paul wrote in the book of Ephesians, he says, I'm travailing, I'm praying until Christ is formed, molded on the inside of you. That's not that difficult, family. Just think about a sculptor busy with a project. Michelangelo saw a big piece of marble and he cried out, the angel. Afterwards, they said to him, how did you do it? He said, I saw it. I had a vision, I had a picture of this, and I just chiseled away everything that didn't look like the angel. God is looking at us, and he's got a picture of you and me, and he's busy chiseling away everything that doesn't look like Christ. Say, Aina or Amen. A declaration, we say, I'm a son of God revealed. But if you go to Romans 8, it says the whole earth earnestly is waiting for the sons of God to be revealed. Paul wrote in Ephesians and he said that Christ might be formed on the inside or Christ might be revealed in me, revealing his son in me. It says people will look at him, what he is busy doing, and say, oh, that's Jesus. Oh, no, it's not Jesus. It's Paul. We're just seeing Jesus in Paul. That's what God is busy with. So when we pray and we say, Lord, let everything about me become everything about you, family, everything is about God. He's the foundation, the solid rock that you are busy building on. When you put on the armor of God, you're putting on Jesus, the helmet of salvation, Jesus, the righteous breastplate, Jesus. 
the belt of truth, the word, Jesus. The shoes of the gospel gives you the grace, Jesus. The shield of faith, Jesus. The sword of the spirit, Jesus. So you're building on the foundation. You are clothed with Christ and he's being formed on the inside of you. For the holy of holies. Two Timothy two, verse nineteen. I'm reading from the Amplified. But the firm foundation of laid by God stands, sure and unshaken, bearing the seal. What is the seal? The seal of the Holy Spirit. Two Corinthians one twenty two. The seal of the Holy Spirit. So as soon as you place yourself upon this solid foundation, the only way to build upon that foundation, you must be born again. Turn to the person next to you and say, you must be born again. Says when you accept the Lord Jesus Christ and you are born from above, you are placed upon an unshaken foundation. This is God's doing and work, but you have your part to play. The second part of the Amplified, it says, bearing this seal instruction, the Lord knows those who are His, and that everyone who names himself by the name of the Lord give up all iniquity and stand aloof from it. The unshakable kingdom bears a seal. That seal is the Holy Spirit. That foundation cannot be shaken. Everything around us might be shaken, but it will not be shaken. God will see us through. You can go on and read that whole part. It talks about the vessels of honor. If you do the latter, you'll be a vessel of honor. It's not up to God. It's up to you to disconnect yourself from everything which is not of God. It says, lay aside all iniquity. What is that gate in your life that you've left open? What is that gate that you've left open for the enemy to torment you and to attack you? When you are called by his name, you have to give up iniquity. That's what it means to be a Christian. Turning your back on unrighteousness and start living for righteousness. Walking through that gate of righteousness. The church is the pillar and ground of all truth. This is what God has done for us. Can you see the need to be part of a living church? To be planted in a living church? When you're in a living church, it's the reservoir of God's power. The church has got the keys to loose and to bind. Telling you now, God is busy building His church, preparing His church, and the gates of hell will not prevail. I want to close with one last scripture. Micah 4, verse 1. Listen what Micah wrote about the latter days. Now it shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on the top of the mountains, and it shall be exalted above the hills. I'm not even preaching on who may ascend into the hill of the Lord. Go read Psalm 15. Go read Psalm 24. 
and peoples shall flow to it. People are looking for that which is real, for that which is authentic. It's looking for a church that is faithful with faithful members in it. Many nations shall come and say, Come, and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways, and we shall walk in his paths, for out of Zion the law shall go forth. Can I tell you something? God is saying to the church, Who do you say I am? Who do you say I am? You are the Christ. You are my rock. You are my fortress. You're my redeemer. You are my shield. You're my protector. You're my exceedingly great reward. You're my firm foundation that cannot be shaken. We have to teach people that God has predestined them to be molded and formed into his image and his likeness. You're the greatest product of the Holy Spirit. Are you ready for this? To possess the gates of our enemies. God is our rock. Family, what God has prepared for us as the church, we'll have to step into it. Have you identified some gates that has been prevailing against you? God wants you to be a vessel of honor, to manifest His glory. People are going to run to you, is what the Bible says. We've heard that God is with you. His presence is there. His seal is upon you. Take us there. When we stand as the church together, before you know it, every gate that has been coming against us will fall, will not prevail. When God starts moving, He'll shake every foundation. But the foundation that you find yourself on will never be shaken. Stand to your feet, please. Stand to your feet. We cannot just preach faith. We have to act faith. Amen. Father, right now, we pray for your people. The church, every gate that has been prevailing against your people, say, hear the word of God. The gates of hell will not prevail. Father, we use the keys of this kingdom. Keys to loose and to bind. Keys to open and close. Whatever has been loosed in your life that should be bound, be bound. Whatever has been bound in your life that should be loosed, be loosed according to the will of God. Every gate of the enemy that's been open against your people, that has been tormenting the church, Gates of fear, unbelief, doubt, hatred, bitterness. We close those doors in Jesus' mighty name. We close those gates in Jesus' mighty name. Gates of bitterness, limitation, stagnation. You will not prevail in Jesus' mighty name. I command the closed doors of mercy to open in Jesus' mighty name. I command the closed doors of favor to open in Jesus' mighty name. I command the closed doors of breakthrough to open in Jesus' mighty name. Double doors of grace, double doors of mercy, double doors of breakthrough, double doors of favor, double doors of breakthrough, open in Jesus' mighty name, we pray. We thank you for that, Father. We bless you for that. Open our hearts. 
to your faith, O Lord. Open our hearts to your Holy Spirit. Open our hearts to your word. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray, and we thank you for that. Open our hearts to faith, O Lord. Open our hearts to faith. Open our hearts to your Holy Spirit. Open our hearts to your word. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. I cancel every appointment with setback and failure. And I close those gates right now in Jesus' mighty name. I lock them and say, remain closed in Jesus' mighty name. Every appointment with setback and disappointment, we close those gates in Jesus' mighty name, O oh Lord. And we thank you for that. Make your people's ways straight and smooth. Let your blood speak. Let your mercy speak. Let your favor speak. Every foul spirit assigned every, against every marriage union, against the children of God, I loose you from your assignment in Jesus' mighty name. Father, and I keep your people bound to your will, your plans, and your purposes. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Let your blood speak. Let your mercy speak. Let your favor speak. Grant unto your people the kind of faith you need to meet all their needs, the kind of faith to possess the gates of the enemies. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a hand. When you find yourself upon that solid rock, the rock of salvation, Christ himself, you can have confidence. If you've not connected with Christ, I want you right there where you are. Everybody, put your right hand on your heart. Raise your other hand to heaven and pray this prayer loud after me. Say, Precious Father, my situation is beyond human means. I've been shaken. I need the Savior of the world to save me and to place me upon a solid foundation. I confess with my mouth and I believe with all my heart that Jesus Christ died for me, that he's alive right now, that he's making intercession for all my weaknesses. Oh, Holy Spirit, help me to live a holy life, well-pleasing in your sight. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a hand. If you've prayed that prayer in humility and sincerity of heart, your sins have been forgiven. God has disconnected you from your past and he's linked you up to your good future. Don't talk about your past again. Your past is Egypt. It's a place of defeat and failure. The only time you mention that is when it's going to glorify the name of Jesus. Apart from that, start declaring your good future, the good things that God has planned for you. Get ready for the Holy Spirit to mold you and shape you into Christ. Renewing your mind to see who you are, a new creation in Christ Jesus, sanctified so that the Holy Spirit can live on the inside of you. You are the greatest product of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Give the Lord a hand. Thank you for listening to this audio sermon. For more information, please go to our website, www.hoc.org.za. Household of Christ, loving God, loving people.